Hello and welcome to the PR Moment India Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm extremely pleased to have with us Abhishek Bulyani, CEO of Hill & Knowlton Strategies India. Welcome, Abhishek. Uh, thank you, Parul. Uh, looking forward to our conversation. Uh, thank you, indeed. It'll be great to have you here. Abhishek, when we first talked to you when you had just joined in this role, I think in around August uh, 2020, you described yourself as a pandemic uh, CEO. From then to now, what has the journey been like? So uh, it's it's been an awesome journey, uh, and you know, uh, it's it's also made me realize how much I love the profession of public relations. Uh, it it brings in the excitement. It it brings a lot of learning. Uh, it it gives you the opportunity to work uh, with a team uh, to do some exciting work on clients. So in that sense, and and you know the pandemic then brought its own challenges that created that environment. But we've as an organization been very fortunate enough. We were on a transformation journey. We've done, we've picked up really well. We've uh, you know uh, won some exciting mandates uh, that have come through. So we've grown exponentially in that sense uh, during the pandemic years. And then as we kind of now plan ourselves uh, for the coming years, we are, we are more excited than ever before in terms of. The growth aspects that the uh, the uh, that we've we, we you know we we're seeing ahead for ourselves. So it's been an exciting journey in that sense. So what major challenges? Uh, like you rightly said, you had to build it from the bottom up. A lot of things. So what were the major challenges that you faced? Pandemic itself, of course, was a very big challenge. But what are the organizational challenges that you faced, and what were your key learnings from that? So I, I'll tell you what the thing is. I, I think. You know, while I want to first address by the fact that pandemic was generally very difficult for everyone, uh, right? And I hope you know everybody. You know, everybody was impacted by it from a health perspective, or someone in the family, or things like that. So that was the challenge, right? But if you leave that aside and bring it from a business perspective, I think that also brought an opportunity. For example, in our case, right, we realized the fact that this is also the best opportunity for us to invest in people, invest in marketing, invest in talent, invest in learning and actually create a proposition that creates a differentiator for us because everybody else is a little, you know, the market's a little down. So that also gives you the opportunity to tell your story a lot more. Right. Uh, and that, uh, that I think was, was one of the good things that happened for us. I think the, one of the big things that worked for us, and I think that everybody talks to us, and, and, and when we are coming out of this, right, we spoke a lot about, and I know you are aware of this, that we speak a lot about this whole concept of ideas over hierarchies, and how do you create a culture around it? Uh, trust, for example, was a big challenge, but that really worked really well because when everybody's suddenly working from home or you're bringing in, and we were having a lot of talent coming in, new joining coming in, how do you develop a, a culture of trust where you are ensuring that, you know, you're not calling up people to check every five minutes what you're doing. So there is a lot of trust that you need to bring in. Uh, there's a lot of collaboration, therefore, that happens in an online world. And then there is a lot of uh, learning that needs to happen because suddenly you're not meeting. But how do you kind of keep the teamwork going? How do you keep the transparency running? So I think all of those were challenges, but also opportunities for you to shine through as an organization, right? And that actually brought us together because when we came out of the pandemic, it's really helped us from a culture perspective. It's really helped us from, from interests that we have now from new joiners who want to work with us. So I think that's worked really well. 
you know flowing from uh, what you said you know building the organization um, uh, what you said about ideas over hierarchy uh, what do you think of the new agency model i mean not the new but what should the agency model look like given the point of view of what clients now ask for so i think the i think first the agencies and which is what we did we have to make clients at the center of our conversation in our in in hnk we call it the client obsession i think that has to be at the center of uh the conversation when you're trying to build the team typically you know we have to move away from the idea of building a team and then figuring out what we want to do i think it's it's keeping the center keeping at center is what the client requirements are and then and those client requirements are evolving so it 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 was at a point a but now it is at a point c in terms of what they're looking for agencies to come up with right and what we've realized the fact that when we were building the team the requirements have also changed it's from more traditional pr to more integrated processes that or integrated solutions or communication solutions is what clients are looking for and therefore if you start keeping that at the center and then start building your team to address those challenges you see a much better response from the client and you're able to meet the requirements of the client a lot more what we've done is that in typically we've solved for the challenge of you know a client would say oh i want to speak to my core team who understand a particular sector but they don't understand digital then they go to the digital person they say oh these guys understand digital but they don't understand the sector right and therefore the client was always suffering and then similarly other skill sets creative and things like that what we did was we actually created integrated teams so when a client talks to us he has the person with core sector knowledge and pr skill sets there's a digital person there there's a graphic designer in the team there is a content writer in the team because we also believe content writing cannot be parachuted in a content writer has to be a part of the team breathing and living the campaign to be for him to be able to you know provide those uh, responses or 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 uh, address those communication uh, campaigns or challenges that the client is trying to address so we think that that is the future you have to keep the at the center and then you build build your teams around it that's one the second is that typically in a team what we've done is that we've created a knowledge hub of innovation and creative hub and we have specialisms which include solutions around employee comms uh, solutions around translation solutions around regional communications solutions around esg so all of those are specialisms that we have and they all on the side support the sector right so at at sectoral team today my sectoral team today for example if you say look at the example of technology it is addressing it has pr mandates it has integrated mandates it has only content mandates it has only pa mandates so it's a mix of communication mandates or it only has digital mandates that we are trying to address it only has investor relation mandates so it's a mix of mandates that you're getting and we are realizing that if you have the right kind of skill sets built in the team and you're able to address that through sectoral knowledge and functional skill sets i think that's the future of uh, of of team structures going forward what does that mean for talent and even upskilling of the current uh, team and now we have fresh uh, uh, developments like chat gpt and bard and of course the the baidu chat uh, uh, engine whenever that uh, comes out keeping all these things in mind uh how do we solve for the talent challenge and the the range of 
skills that you have uh, you know uh, described of course this means we don't need one pr person to have all these skills you're talking about different people but uh, what about the challenge of drawing in these people to the pr sector so uh, let me answer that in three stages right one is the talent that's coming in right and you're aware and with a disclaimer that we're already doing a rise up campaign with you that's actually done to address that challenge of how do we bridge uh bridge the bridge the gap that's existing between students who are coming in from communication universities or colleges and getting into their jobs and that is why this whole mentoring program exists in the middle so that they get a real life example of how that's working so and i think that from a skill set perspective needs to increase i think the pr industry needs to come together a lot more to address that challenge because i don't think it's an hng issue it's an industry issue and i think it needs to be looked at that from that perspective i think the second part of this is is people who are in your company right people who are youngsters managers you know people who come with about 1 to 5 6 years of experience uh, and i think inherently i think organizations need to build up programs that help dial up their skill sets right uh, i'll give an example from our side uh, we run something called a global mentoring program where each of our colleagues here uh, across the organization can either be a mentor or a mentee to people who apply for the global mentoring program across the world right so that gives a global experience to the world and it also gives an india experience to people who want to learn from uh, you know folks or, or or team members here in india and also then you need to have regular learning skill sets in terms of how do you build up programs like for example we have uh, we have something called maestro summer school first chair those kind of programs that are built across levels and are built around programs for us to keep enhancing skill sets uh, skill set level so there is a lot of investment i think that needs to be made learn into learning and that has to be continuous it cannot be one time it has to be continuously put as a part of our a uh, process to invest in because uh, that is very very important right and third are um, people like me who are who have been in you know in or in the industry for now about two decades and what do we do and i think it's also across levels it's our responsibility uh, to stay in that mode i mean in our organization when we work with clients we say that we want to be always in beta and i think it's important for us as people and as pr practitioners we owe it to us to be to remain always in beta to keep enhancing our skill sets to keep developing new areas because see i mean coming back to the topic on what you said around chat gpt i i can look at it very differently right because uh you know uh, if you look at the world there was the newspaper there was the radio there was the television there was the uh, the mobile phone that came and there came the social media then came uh you know then came digital then came sound and then now there's metaverse chat gpt so those kind of things will keep happening uh from a communication perspective it's all up to us to enhance but i think the human intervention to a conversation will continue to be very very important uh so i i i genuinely believe that while these are uh you know things that are essential and are enablers to our life but human intervention human knowledge human in emotion will continue to uh, you know continue to be continue to be grow stronger and will be very very essential 
So what you're saying is PR professionals need not be afraid of AI and metaverse and chat GPT because it's the human uh, insight that will always matter. And I'll give you an example, right? Uh, I'll give you an example from a data and insights perspective. We do a lot of work around data science, right? Which is the what and why of, uh, of what the thing is, right? So there are a lot of tools that we use to get the data in, right? But it's actually the human intervention that creates, that builds the insights from that data. So the value of the data is nothing if there are no, if there is no human intervention on finding what it means. So that and what it means is what is essential to a communication campaign because data is just data is data. You know what I mean? So till the time I'm not able to figure out the why of it, which is where the human intervention comes in. Uh, and that I believe will continue to be very, very important. And that is not going to change. No, that's uh, very true. In fact, uh, those who modeled uh, chat GPT for crisis intervention have, have found out that it doesn't display the empathy required uh, for a crisis intervention, for example, for reputation building. So, I'll give you an example, right? We do media trainings, right? So now there are a lot of tools that are coming in to read uh, during media trainings. And I, I mean, I, I went through with someone who gave me an, a sample on this, on how it can, that tool could read the us and the thes and the, but it can't read body language. It can't read emotion change. It can't read you telling, you, you know, when you're kind of media training someone to guide them on what is the tone that you need to use, you know, that, that is human intervention and that will continue to be very, very important, especially in the, in the field of communications. Uh, coming to the personal side of uh, of uh, of your background, Abhishek, uh, you, your roots are in theatre. Uh, how has that uh, impacted the long influence of theatre on your family and you? How has that impacted uh, you as a communicator? No, big big one, right? Because I I, I owe a lot to uh, to my uh, you know my life in theatre. Though I believe that. Uh, I, I mean, I get questioned this a lot that why did I not pursue a career in theater and <laughs> got into the field of public relations. But, but having said that, I think, you know, I mean, you know, theater kind of teaches you the ability to question the question. And when you are, uh, uh, when you're interpreting and, 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 and especially I was uh, a part of the players from Kirodimal College, which had very strong roots in the quality and the kind of theater we did. Uh, it, it kind of overall enhanced my ability to think beyond the text, right? And 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 you learn the skill sets of of how each and every situation, each and every text uh, can be interpreted in multiple ways. Right. And then you also question why that character interprets or reacts in a different way. Now you bring that situation to audience that we deal with day and day. Aren't we doing the same thing? Exactly. And, exactly. and therefore, you know, I mean, I can put it up. There are books and there are books and there are books. But there is no alternate to real life experience and observations that you make on the best observations you make is when you walk on the road and you observe people. Those, those can't be uh, taught to you through only academic 
knowledge. Ultimately, real life example and real life experience is what makes the difference. And I think that as an individual, when you start working a lot more, you start missing and getting back to that is always an enhancing and an experience that you want to be a part of. Uh, any favorite play that you think really fits uh, communication, uh, the communication industry as is now any particular play that uh, or any piece of uh, performance that you think, yes, uh, all PR professionals should probably read that. I, I think that there is, uh, I think there is no specific play uh, that one can read or, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, like, for example, there are a lot of books that go to, get spoken about, right. Or movies, for example, uh, a movie that everybody's, when I was coming up as a PR practitioner, I was told, please watch back the dog. Right. That was a movie that was told that was just a great experience in how this works. Right. Uh, but I think the, the, the importance is not from that aspect, but the importance is on how do you pick up a text and then how do you kind of interpret why the author or the playwright wrote the way they wrote it, right? And then you start interpreting the pace of why it was. I'll give you an example. I mean, we used to, I remember, you know, in college, we'd gone to see Waiting for Godot. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of interpretation around why Beckett wrote it the way he wrote it. Uh, what was supposed to be the pace of the play? Was it supposed to be a you know, was it supposed to be paced at such a slow pace that it bores the audience? Was it supposed to be done fast paced? And then we used to question why the actors who played that role played it the way they played it. And I think it's very important for us as communication experts also to always remain students of communication. And then it's very important for us to keep questioning ourselves, keep questioning everything. And I think that is what we owe to ourselves. I mean, I am a genuine believer in the fact that if you are doing something, right, or if you're picking up a profession or you're picking, and it could be anything, we owe it ourselves to aspire to be excellent at it, uh, right? You, It's like you don't run to be second, right? You, you, so it's, it's, it's important for us to, we believe in the fact that we want to excel and, and, and do really well in what we are trying to do because that is what leads to the fact that you you enjoy what you do, you don't go bored with what you do, and you always remain, uh, you know, you excited about your next day. Um, that that is true. That's a great answer. For me personally, I like plays because they actually teach you how to write things the way they should be heard and not just written. So uh, it can it can really simplify your language to take a take a spoken approach. So I like that part of uh, plays and poetry as as well. Last couple of questions, Abhishek. Uh, what's your personal mantra to stay resilient as a leader? Uh, you know, we've all been through a very uh, demanding couple of years uh, post pandemic. What is your uh, way of staying stress stress free or just managing the stress as a leader? So I think two parts to it. As a leader, I think to be resilient, I think the starting point is the fact that you got to trust your team. Uh, I, and and you and I have spoken about it. And you know the fact is that we we as agents, we as agency or communication agencies, need to bring culture conversations around our teams at the center of conversation. 
I don't think culture is spoken as much as it should be in in our environment of agencies, and I think that is very very important. It should become an industry issue. It should be spoken at, and I think it's very important for for people who are joining us to know what cultures they are getting into. Uh, you know, uh, it should not be only on what are the kind of clients that people are coming into would get a chance. It's because you know client movements happen, but it's very important for people to join cultures. That what is the learning environment in an organization? What are the growth opportunities that I'm going to get? What is the work-life flexibility and collaboration that I'm going to get? How am I going to enhance my skills? Will I get rewards and recognition for what I bring to the table? Those are the kind of things that that we need to speak a lot more about, and that is going to be the future of, uh, I think, what is going to define, uh, you know, cultures that are going to be critical and differentiators going forward. Uh, and i think that uh, remains at the center the second part is how, and i think that and in in that if you look at this from this perspective then trust collaboration values feedback transparency they suddenly have a meaning right they're just not words or on a board right yeah. uh, that you see they have true meaning because if you're trying to build a culture like this then trust is very very critical being transparent is very very critical right it's like for example in our case we are very transparent with everybody in the company because they should know what they are part of they should know when we are doing well they should know when there are opportunities for us and it's very important for and and that's what the young generation is also looking at they want i think they want to be accountable and we want to make them accountable but then we owe it to be transparent with them we owe it to give them a platform to give feedback so and i think those are things that are that that suddenly come alive if you think of uh you know culture and making culture at the center of conversation because i think a good culture attracts good talent and clients so you so think that the is really built on trusting your team and trusting your team is well built on a whole set of values which uh, uh which all add up to a great culture yeah and i think you need to let uh your people decide how they want to you know you need to hear quite a bit and i think that is how that is how it it kind of works through because it's important for everybody to feel that they are part of the journey and they're not being uh kind of left out or or left behind uh, one final question uh, abhishek uh, what is your personal uh Tip for uh, for stress for for stress busting. Is it is it a person you chat with? Is it a hobby? What's your personal take on staying stress free? I for me two things are very very important. I think for me number one is obviously family time time that is and 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 you know Karuna is comes from the same field of communications and she is probably busier than me, but. i think that time that i spent with her and alia is very very important and critical uh and i think my 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 cricket time on sundays which i don't get to do as often as i want to uh is very very critical uh but in having said that i think recently what i've started doing is that i've started meeting my college friends who are also my theater friends more often so we are able to you know spend some time quality time together and hopefully 
us coming together will bring about something that we could give back to theater or i'm hoping it will come alive with that in a few months or a year where we'll be fed up of meeting each other too often and say now let's do something constructive and build something up so i think those are three things that are are really working and i think uh, what i keep telling it's it's very important for us to do that even if it means an hour even if it means you know a couple of hours in a week or three hours or in my case that is the time that i get but that time is very very important and we take that time out to make sure you know uh, you, you have to make that effort to step out for that lunch or step out for that coffee or step out at 5:30 in the morning to be on the field at 6 am to play cricket uh, right and possibly get out on the first ball and feel you've wasted the entire day <laughs> <laughs> so you know but, but or make that effort out of the busy schedule to catch up with your college friend for coffee because i think and these are people who also keep you level headed right they keep you grounded they keep you level headed they keep you aligned uh, you know they don't care about what you do where you come from so i think those are things that are very very critical thank you abhishek for a lovely conversation that was abhishek gulyani ceo of hill and nolton strategies india thank you for joining us abhishek thank you parul thank you so much